Welcome to Faith and Family, a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. And now from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Faith and Family. Thank you for joining us in our episode today, which is part five of a series entitled, What to Do? What should parents do in light of the cultural and ecclesiastical crises going on all around us? The advice I've given you in the first four parts is quite a bit different from a lot of the advice which you're seeing in various articles and blog posts and broadcasts because I'm specifically directing this series on what to do to parents. And then secondly, it's based on the first bit of advice that I shared with parents, and that is getting grounded in the teaching about the great apostasy and learning about the great apostasy from church teaching, that is the catechism of the Catholic Church, papal teaching, and scripture teaching. And if you go back to our earlier episodes, you can cover that if you weren't with us at that time. We even offer a handout describing in summary form some of that teaching. Because the first thing you want to know as far as what to do is answering the question, the previous question, what time is it? And when we determine the situation we are in by asking properly and answering the question, what time is it, then we know what to do. The second thing I suggested was building a family ark. Personally, I don't believe that Calvary is going to come over the hill real soon, and I'm talking about our political landscape, our cultural landscape, or even our church landscape right now. Things may not change real quickly. I was just at a conference this weekend, some very thoughtful Christians of both evangelical, Orthodox, and Catholic backgrounds, and I shared with them, looked them right in the eye, said, well, I am as hopeful as you are, but... We need to be prepared in case things, rather than getting better all of a sudden, get conceivably worse. That's why we need to know that first point, what time is it? And then the third point was we need spiritual leaders in the home, and that person is called dad. There's a specific reason for this. And the outstanding example in all of Scripture was Abraham, who kept his family faithful to God Well, guess what the neighborhood was next door? It's called Sodom. And in the midst of that culture, he kept his family faithful. Dads can do the same today by following in his footsteps. Then I shared with you the importance of worldview, that our worldview is the lens through which we comprehend everything, really. It's like wearing a pair of glasses and everything is filtered through those glasses. And the particular point of worldview, my little Uh, summary of that is that worldview begins at the beginning. In other words, Genesis, origins. It's necessary to understand origins, not only to understand who we are, but I shared with you last time in the book of Revelation, one of three critical messages that comes from heaven in Revelation 14 reminds us of who God is as creator, as one of the things to steal us in our faith against the deceptions of the Antichrist and the false prophet, which arise in the book of Revelation. Now, in case you're in a hurry, I'll give you this entire episode in a nutshell, although you want to 
I would suggest hear the whole thing because it might just sound too simple. And here it is. Get your kids outside. That's number one. And number two, get them away from screens and virtual reality. Let's start with the critical need for what, I guess it's a technical term, what is called realism. Parents today really need to gain an insight from a Catholic professor by the name and thinker by the name of John Sr. John Sr. and his colleagues had extraordinary success in the midst of the 1960s on a secular campus. I mean transforming, not just informing, but transforming the lives of young people who are being really sucked into the counterculture and Senior and his colleagues were able to pull them out. Now, I'll just say this, and this goes back to our first question about, or first point about the great apostasy. If you know the seriousness of the times we are in, and personally, I have to admit, I lived through the 60s and didn't, I didn't do too well in the 60s. And yet, John Sr. did with his colleagues, and I never thought we'd see another time in history as bad as the 60s, and here we are in the 21st century, and I dare say it's worse for young people. So we want to look at what Sr., John Sr. and his colleagues did that worked so well in the chaos of the 60s, because that's the type of strategy we want to pull forward. There's all kinds. I saw uh, some article today on the internet, you know, three steps to end the church crisis. I didn't even click on it. You know, this is something that's fundamentally rocking the church, and there's not three quick and easy steps. And the best place to begin anything is at the beginning, and with senior, it was realism. And what's that? John Sr. followed a realist tradition of St. Thomas Aquinas. He emphasized the prime necessity for experiencing the natural world in order to know God well. In other words, we need direct contact with God's creation in order to know him. This is St. Thomas Aquinas, and this is John Sr. In other words, this is how to deeply root your children in an age where even Catholic children by the millions appear so rootless. And here's what Senior said, the restoration of reason. And, you know, in a day when men think they're women and women think they're men, people who deserve our sympathy have lost their reason. So to restore reason, he says, it presupposes the restoration of love. And we can only love what we know because we have first touched, tasted, smelled, heard, and seen. With that encounter with exterior reality, interior responses naturally arise. Now, here it is. This is why Senior emphasized, quote, the first necessity is getting ourselves and our children in naked contact with the world God made not just in school as study, but habitually in our whole way of life. You know, we've turned into the inside world, so to speak. 
uh, moms and dads, along with their kids, are addicted to screens, to indoor activities. Uh, and even when we have free time, then we go to the mall for another indoor activity. And this has serious consequences because Senior felt that the indispensable component in religious formation was realism. And realism only comes from real, naked contact with the world God has made, extensive contact. There is a book that it's not a Christian book at all, but it's a book that has uh, influenced me. It was written by a man named Richard Love, entitled Last Child in the Woods, subtitled Saving Our Children from Nature Deficit Disorder. And in that book, he states that between 1997 and 2003, not a real long time, 97 to 2003, there was a 50% decline in the time children aged 9 to 12 spend in outdoor activities. I dare say there hasn't been a period in all of human history where there was such a drastic decline in children being involved in outdoor activities. 50% decline in a half dozen years. And, you know, that study was completed in 2003. Imagine, I can't help but believe it's gotten considerably worse with the increased use of smartphones and tablets and computer gaming among nature deficit children. Hear this. Psalm 19 is a Torah psalm. It extols the law of God, the, the word of God in the Old Testament. But it doesn't begin extolling scripture. It begins like this, Psalm 19 and verse 1. The heavens are telling the glory of God. Now, part of my job as a communicator, that word telling should get your attention. It got mine. The heavens are telling the glory of God. In other words, if you're listening on the internet through this broadcast, if you're listening via a radio station, you're hearing my voice telling you of something. Well, here is God saying, the heavens are telling the glory of God. Then you move to the next phrase. And the firmament proclaims his handiwork, telling the glory of God, proclaiming his handiwork. The next verse, day to day pours forth speech. Can you hear it? God is speaking and night to night declares knowledge. Their voices goes out through all the earth, their words unto the end of the world. You see, by kids losing over just a half dozen years, 50% of the time outdoors, according to senior, they're losing 50% of the realism they need in order to truly know and love God. This sounds so simple. Get your kids outside. Okay, yeah, you have a little recess. No, this is talking about more than recess. Senior realize this is not just studying uh, biology or natural history or something in school. This is contact with the world, getting out there and doing some things. You know, and the rest of the psalm goes on and talks about the word of God revealing God. But first, 
it speaks of that realism that senior Thomas Aquinas and, and God himself is declaring, telling, proclaiming, pouring forth speech, declaring knowledge, a voice going out. Their words goes out to the end of the world. There's something to be gained here, and we think it's just, ooh, it's just a nice nature trip every now and then. No, not every now and then. You want a way of life. And just a couple of uh, practical solutions. This is something I did for my grandchildren. Uh, You can get a microscope on Amazon for $9.99 with a little set of slides. And I ordered one for my grandson so that they could go out in the backyard and have little slides, collect stuff, and look through the microscope at these tiny things declaring the glory of the world that God has given us. And, you know, you could do the opposite and uh, get your children a telescope so they can, you know, study the heavens. But even more than that, and this is a little bit of advanced family life for a lot of people, But if you want the ultimate solution for the restoration of the family that's been lost in the modern world, I would advocate neo-agrarianism. And what's that? That, That's farming, family farming. And by the neo, uh, you need to look for new ways of doing this that are simpler, more cost-effective, and the primary purpose is keeping your family together and rooted in the soil because to cultivate is to build culture and to get out in the world that God has made and interact and touch it is to love it, and then you end up loving him who made it. I have a little booklet, Farming Faith and Family Life, if you want to explore this, and if you want to get it into it a little bit deeper, a scholar by the name of Alan Carlson has written some excellent works describing how the natural environment for a family is basically working outside. Do not underestimate this. So let me summarize this segment is simply maximize reality. And reality is maximized by getting outside. And I I need to mention, because the next segment is just as important. It's minimizing virtual reality. And I think I've mentioned this story, but it just, this is just something that I encountered that really bugged me. Um, You know, the uh, area around Greenville, just north of here, is the foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains. And it's really beautiful. And I like to go cycling. I have about an 18, 20 mile route I go through. And I always stop at the Mountain View Fire Station because you can look up on one side and, and, and see the beginning of the mountains. And then you look on the other side, there's a beautiful fishing stream coming down off the mountains. And, you know, I just like to walk over near the stream. I, I think it lowers my blood pressure by 10 points just by looking at it. It's a beautiful scene. And one time I was stopping at the Mountain View fire station, getting a water break. And I noticed a dad there with three sons uh, fishing. Well, the dad was fishing. Uh, The youngest boy, he looked like preschool age, just loving his dad, had his arms wrapped around his dad's neck and kind of uh, participating with his dad fishing. The other two sons barely knew I was there. 
barely knew that their dad was there, barely knew that God was there, barely knew of the beauty that was surrounding them because they were hypnotized by a couple of screens they looked at nonstop. What a tragedy, because virtual reality had overcome reality itself. And if that goes on with your children, they're losing that foundational rootedness that John Sr. and Thomas Aquinas talked about. So, again, to summarize this, get your kids outside, and two, away from screens and virtual reality. Maximize reality, minimize virtual reality. But, you know, virtual reality, when young people aren't rooted deeply in the faith, have a really a transforming experience with Christ, a lot of religious teaching remains abstract, and I've done a whole series called uh, Transforming Grace that highlights this. But, you know, the, the, the world of young people is so fundamentally changed and transformed by the computer technology, which now is in your pocket, in your hand. It goes with you, and young people are sleeping with their smartphones and on them almost all day, replacing reading of books in many cases, but it's a virtual reality. And, and then guys, and not just kids, not just college students, but grown men, spending countless hour upon hour upon hour in the virtual reality of gaming. And I need to mention the darkest form of virtual reality that has created what I would consider the greatest spiritual plague in the history of mankind. And I'm talking about the virtual reality of pornography. The brain has a very hard time discerning between the virtual reality of pornography and the physical reality of sexuality. And it's capturing, particularly men, but not women are included too, it's capturing human beings and sucking them into this vortex of a phony reality. And the result comes, it's darkening minds. And I'm talking about darkening minds to the point that uh, with a hardened heart, a hardened, unrepentant heart, and a darkened mind, you are facing eternity in hell. And there hasn't been, in my estimation, anything quite like this at all in human history. We are living through this transition. And the pornography epidemic pervades homeschooling families. Homeschooling families are not exempt. The reason I mention them is they're trying very hard to keep their kids very often from so many of the negative cultural influences, and yet it comes right through the computer and especially the smartphones. I would dare say every single one of the Catholic colleges on the Newman recommended list of Catholic colleges are plagued with internet pornography. Internet Pornography is a plague in Catholic seminaries. Internet pornography is a plague in Catholic rectories. Why do I mention these things? Because people have uh, 
the opinion, the false uh, outlook that somehow these places are immune from this plague. No, this is a true plague. It's like the Black Death. It's a virtual reality that's capturing human minds. And in mentioning that, okay, you ask me, what do you want to give your kids? Give them a backpack and a sleeping bag. Get a four-wheel drive vehicle and go out in the country. Get a boat. Doesn't have to be an expensive one at all. But get out in the lakes, the rivers, the sea. But the question that's often asked today, this is the biggie, is when is it time to give my kid a, a smartphone or an iPad? I dare say at minimum, Catholic parents should pay attention to Bill Gates and Steve Jobs. Now, I'm not saying to follow these guys' advice for 99% of things in life, okay? I have very strong differences with these men. But I'm talking about when do you give these smartphones to children? I'm saying you should at least, as a Catholic parent, follow their advice. Bill Gates didn't let his kids get cell phones until they were 14 years old. And today, the average age for a child getting a smartphone is 10. And Gates also banned cell phone use at the dinner table, set limits on how close to bedtime their kids could use their phones. And he said his kids frequently complained that other kids were getting phones much earlier, but their pleas didn't change his policy. I can imagine, you know, in this sense, I feel sorry for Bill Gates because, you know, you could probably buy several semis full of smartphones for your kids if you wanted to, one of the richest man on, men on earth. And yet he said, no, no, I, I know the potential of these things and uh, we're going to wait till the kids are 14. It was interesting. After Steve Jobs invented the iPad, I mean, everybody had to get an iPad. And, you know, there's never been a greater virtual babysitter than an iPad. If you never want to hear from your kids again, just hook them up to an iPad. You know, you'll not hear from them until the battery dies or you tell them to turn it off. And yet somebody asked Jobs, uh, did you get your kids an iPad? And he goes, uh, no, uh, I prefer them to do other things. And when he introduced the iPads, they both waited. Now, I put out in a newsletter kind of taking this type of advice and urging parents to delay the smartphones, to delay the virtual reality. And what do you do instead? Increase the reality. And children can have a lot of fun. And if dads particularly have a few adrenaline-producing activities, in reality, uh, this can really capture children's imaginations, build strong bonds between parents and children, and is a way to provide that foundation for building of faith. Virtual reality will not do this. It will not do this. So in any case, I put out an article like, you know, delaying s smartphones and stuff for kids, and a priest responded to my article on urging parents to wait for smartphones and the question, when do you give them one? He just replied one word, never. Now, I realize that might be tough to do, but I don't disagree with that priest's advice because he hears confessions and he also doesn't hear confessions of thousands of young people in his community that have already darkened their minds and not even going to confession for engaging in rampant, dark, virtual pornography. 
You know, it's very difficult to give a child a smartphone at any age without dramatically escalating the probability of their minds being darkened by porn's virtual reality. This is something we've never been here before. Uh, I would urge caution. Uh, I just talked this weekend with a dad who is a um, computer specialist, and I started hammering him with questions like, you know, how do you lock down the, the home computer? What software is really good? What can you do with a smartphone to make it safe for a child once you introduce them? And what type of parental oversight, even when you do give a smartphone to a child, do you have to do? Because you really want your children to be protected by this because it will overwhelm the mind. And I must say, just not children. Um, the easiest way to overcome a pornography addiction, and I've worked with Catholic men. I think I was one of the earlier ones in the uh, computer age here working with Catholic fathers trying to get off of porn. But I'll say to you as clear as possible and as strong as possible to anyone listening, the easiest way easiest way to beat a porn addiction is never to start. Treat it like a poisonous snake and just avoid it. It's not worth it. And if you're in it, we're going to have a special series coming up about some successful ways, even some newer ways that I've been discovering and maybe help people overcome this. But you don't want your children to get in the midst of this. It's just too great a threat because you want them to have the life of Christ in their souls, and this will extinguish it. This will give them a darkened mind. Please don't underestimate what I've been sharing with you, because the dangers of virtual reality, overcoming reality, because you think, you know, how in the world do um, you explain what's going on in our culture? I mean, young people today are ready to vote for communist and total socialist. They don't, can't even define the word because of what they've read on their smartphones. But even worse, they're going around. Boys are thinking they're girls. Girls are thinking they're boys. And corporations saying anybody can use either bathroom and things like this. This is crazy. It's against nature. And where do we start rooting our children to have a natural view of the world, of themselves? of human sexuality. It begins in the world that God made. His voice is out there proclaiming things right now. His voice is telling the glory of God. Get your kids out there so they can hear his voice in nature. I'm Steve Wood, your host. You've been listening to episode 214 of Faith and Family. Faith and Family is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at dads.org to order copies of Faith and Family broadcasts and to learn more about Catholic family life.